and it's a lot that comes at you very fast out of nowhere. And for me, having experienced it myself, you know, I know a little bit about it. We need to make sure we, we overwhelm our rookies with a lot of information so something clicks on. Welcome back into the lounge. We had one week off, Garrett, and I blame you for that. We didn't have one last week. You know, I offered you the opportunity. I said, you can do it, but you have to edit it. That was my one condition. I'm not the editor. That was my one condition, and I was willing to do it. You, so if you're angry about us not having a podcast last week, go ahead and send Ryan the angry emails. No, you edit the podcast, so if you refuse to do your job, like I said to you, do your job. Are your you job is to edit. Are you quoting pod. Bill Belichick with a do your job? Sure. Yes. Like On I said. to Cincinnati. <laughs> right. Right. So direct all emails, angry emails to ryan.mink at ravens.nfl.net for, for all other <laughs> for all other emails that are positive in nature, you can direct them to the if lounge you, at ravens.nfl.net. That's right. If you want us to both to see your emails, yeah. the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have a good podcast episode for you today. We're going to welcome in Jamil McLean later, later in the episode. Uh, but before we get to that, there's been a lot of news, and this is part of the reason why we didn't have a podcast last week, because... It's been crazy. It's been really nutty around here, and not in a good way. Yeah. Uh, Season-ending injury to Tavon Young tore his ACL in practice, and then the very next day, Dennis Pitta goes down with another hip injury, his third. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about that and give some perspective. And uh, first off, let's get to an email here uh, in light of that from Nicholas Bentz. And Nicholas says, Guys, I'm at work, and I just got the notification on my phone Totally devastating news. I mean, I think we all know what this means, right? For, he's talking about Dennis Pitta. He's referencing Dennis Pitta. He says, do you guys think this will be the end of Dennis Pitta's career, given the history of the injured area? Warner Sagrads, Nicholas. Yeah. So, Garrett, I'll uh, toss it to you first I mean, on his question. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at Dennis and you look at what he's had to overcome, and he seriously doubted whether he would make it back, particularly from the second one. Even the first one, there were plenty of questions from doctors who thought that he may not play again. That was a legitimate question. Then it happened again. The doctors, everyone cautioned. He was wondered whether he would come back and play again. Obviously, he did. Play it's at not an level. easy decision. No, it wasn't like it was a uh, twisted ankle and he was like, all right, I just got to you know tape it up and get back out there. I mean, this is a life decision, much more than just like, can you play on Sunday? It's like, can you, it's quality of life now and in the future. So will he be able to return from this one? I think it's hard to say that he would be able to come back and play from this, yeah. return from this. I mean, it, it sucks to say that. And I, if he, if he can, he would. But three times, the last two times in non-contact play, you really wonder whether he's going to be able to bounce back from this and continue his football career yeah i just i reserve judgment until we know exactly what the injury is for sure um because from reports and these are reports it's dislocated a dislocated hip again i have not read that it's a fractured hip yeah which was the injury in the first two instances and i have to think that a fractured hip that's the well, it was more both. severe. It was both. It was both. It was dislocated and fractured the first two times. If this is just a dislocation, then I don't know. I, I don't know how that changes the recovery and, and whatnot, but 
I mean, I agree with you. Uh, as difficult as it was the second time, you have to think a third time he's going to say, all right, I think it's just not meant to be. But I, I will say we don't know. We don't know what the recovery from a, just a hip dislocation, if that's all it was, right. or what the damage around it was, all that stuff we don't know yet. Yeah, and I'm just guessing. I'm just basically right. basing it off of how hard it was for him to come yes. back and recover from the last one. And, look, I'm not, I don't want to, like, wish that the guy's career is over certainly certainly not. but but um when you hear that you just that's where your mind goes right yes and, and sure. dennis was very candid over the last year and a half really in talking about the difficulty in the decision the difficulty in the recovery and trying to decide whether or not he continues his career so um i mean obviously we wish him well yes obviously that's first and foremost uh yeah. so just to give a little background on the whole dennis pitta thing uh Call it story time if you want to. Yeah. Um, Garrett was not here. I was here. Um, I have a know. tendency for being out of the office when crazy things Seriously. go down. Every single time something nutty happens, you're not around. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Garrett wasn't here on Friday. I was. And uh, I get a text message from our boss, the great, the one, <laughs> Michelle Andres. Are you going to do that every enough. time? I can't say it enough. Yeah. I can't say it enough. Remember, we're both going to London. That's true. Did you forget that? That's true. Um, So I get a text from Michelle who says, there's an ambulance outside. Uh, What's going on? I'm like, I don't know. I'm up in my cubicle. We don't have any windows up here. I have no windows. I'm in a box up here. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know, but I go downstairs to try to find out to see what's going on. Practice was closed to all reporters, which means we don't go to practice as well. Sometimes the guys, they need their time to practice without all of our eyes on them. Sure. Uh, so they practice. We weren't watching. I went down there, see the ambulance. We're walking and trying to kind of figure this out, and somebody in the office says, Pitta. And as soon as I heard that, just my stomach just drops. Right. You know, you're like, oh, my gosh, not again. You know, I, I felt terrible. Yeah. So I, I walked past the training room and just kind of peeked my head in there and see Dennis sitting in there with a towel, kind of just biting his, the towel in pain. Yeah. Now, he, he, you know, it wasn't like, from all accounts, I actually wasn't here the first time you heard it when you were, and, and it sounded like it was a really grisly scene. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. I mean, I mean he, got like, carted, he got carted off, and you could just see it in his face that he was in just agony yeah. coming off the field. This did not look the same way. I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard when I yeah. sneak a peek of the guy for one second. You know, I don't want to go in there and, like, Oh, How are you doing? You know, he hasn't even called his wife, all that, you know, all that stuff. Um, but from just seeing it, you know, it wasn't like, I think he knew what happened and he's felt this before and maybe it wasn't quite as bad. I don't know. I'm sure it was bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, as soon as I saw that and you're just like. You know the history and you, yeah. yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Not good. Um, so, once again, all of our sympathies got to the Pitta family and this is going to be a family decision. You know, he had to, he had to, a lot of just talks with his extended family, friends, close family, yeah. all that stuff about this, and it's going to all go down to that again. Um, but where does this re- leave the Ravens now in terms of tight end? I think is the question rolling it forward from a football standpoint, right? I, I mean, yeah, that's it's a like a legit, legitimate question. At the start of this offseason, you look at tight end, you say the Ravens have six tight ends, it's the deepest position on the roster, and now after the injury to Dennis. You're, you have four of those tight ends who aren't practicing. Suddenly, the Ravens are shorthanded at tight end, at least in terms of offseason practices. There's two tight ends right now practicing. Benjamin Watson still isn't practicing. Max Williams, recovering from the knee injury, still isn't practicing. And Darren Waller still isn't practicing. Yep. So now 
it, it may not just be which of these guys are going to make the team. It may be who's healthy enough to play. Right. Now, these guys, Max Williams, they expect him to be ready in training camp. Um, at, at that point, Benjamin Watson will be about a year removed from the torn Achilles, about 11 months removed from the yes. torn Achilles. So, Is he ready to go? I think that's the expectation, but I don't know. Yeah, so there's legitimate questions about this group. Yeah. You know, like the hope I would think is that Benjamin Watson, who the Ravens signed last year with the expectation that he could be potentially the number one tight end and catch a ton of passes, kind of right. like he did in 2015 with the Saints. The hope is that he can come back and play. If he can play at that kind of a level, obviously that'd be great news for the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens signed Benjamin Watson with the idea that they needed insurance because they didn't know about Pitta yeah. when they re-signed when they signed Watson. I mean, he was potentially going to take over Pitta's role if he couldn't play. Now, Pitta made a miraculous return, uh, led all the entire NFL for receptions by a tight end, um, but that was just almost like gravy. Yeah. And luckily they had that because Watson went down with the Achilles. Now, potentially... It's reversed a little bit. It's yeah. reversed. And Benjamin Watson could play a massive role in this team. I will say this. I've always been high on Crockett Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he can stay healthy, which he claims he is this year, and he, he looks good in practice, I think Crockett Gilmore can, can do a lot of damage for this team. It was a brutal week last week. I mean, you have the injury to Dennis Pitta. Early in the week, you have the injury to Michael Campanero, so he's not playing. That's obviously yep. not to that extent, but he's not on the field. And then you have Tavon Young lost for the season with a torn ACL. I mean, that is just exactly what you – it's the number want. one priority when you go through these offseason practices is that you want to have the same team on the field when you get to training camp. And then you want to take that team and bring it into the regular season. You don't want to have starters on both sides of the ball lost – potentially for the season in back-to-back days. Yeah. It's exactly what you don't want. And the secondary, I mean, we've talked all offseason about how they made significant investments there, and the secondary looks like it's going to be great. I felt like it, you can't, the Tavon Young injury is huge. I mean, he may not be a starter necessarily because mm-hmm. he's a third corner and they don't necessarily start with three corners on the field. But that guy's he, pretty he was going to be on the field. defense is a starter. He was going to be on the field 75% of the snaps at least. A lot. You yeah. know, and so that is a significant injury. Yeah, for sure. And I like the Brandon Boykin signing, but I would have rather, you know, had Tavon Young out there, uh, a young ascending player that proves a lot last year. And I, and I was just, I really wanted to see Tavon Young play in his natural position as yes. a slot corner. And really be able to focus there and have his career kind of take off. Because I think he can be a stud there. I mean, he played well as a outside corner last year as a fourth-round pick who got thrown into it and started 11 games. But even Leslie Frazier, the secondary coach last year, said, uh, yeah, we didn't expect Tavon to be an outside starting corner for us. We expected him to be a slot guy. And, yep. and so I really was excited to see him back in his natural element. And now we're, we're probably not going to get to see that this year. It kind of reminds me, his injury almost reminds me a little bit of Ladarius Webb, mm-hmm. who injured his ACL, yeah. I think, at the end of his rookie season, yeah. I want to say. And who was like a good slot, a little undersized kind of guy, scrappy corner. Mid-round just pick. Like Tavon Young, mid-round pick. And Webby obviously rebounded to have a you know very good career and is still playing uh, you know at a, at a very solid level for the Ravens. Got a big contract yeah. after 2011 after coming back from his first knee. So Tavon can come back and definitely still be a very good sure. player. It's just it sucks when you have a guy who's ready to make that big leap from year one to year two and it gets wasted. Let me ask you this: Are OTAs worth it? The Ravens have now seen starters on both sides of the ball go down, with significant injuries. Do you think o- o- OTAs are worth it? Yes. 
obviously. I, I mean, yes. You, you, you can't just sit. What are you going to say? We never practice anymore? I we're know. Just not gonna, we're just not going to practice. Mm-hmm. We'll just... We'll just sit around, go to meetings all day, hit the weight room. Oh, but maybe not hit the weight room. You don't want to torn pec or anything. You know, we don't want to risk that. Yeah. You go to have meetings all year until week one rolls around. You got to get out there and practice. It's the only way to make yourself better and make the team better. And this is unfortunate. And it obviously makes you be like, you know what? Just shut it down for a little bit. Just shut it down. Yeah. But it's a freakish thing. I mean, you look at Tavon Young's injury. Dude didn't even get touched. I mean, he went up, made an interception, got up. I think he like, collided with somebody a little bit, bumped into somebody. That's what Harb said. He kind of bumped into somebody. Either I way, it was It was a really fast. It was like a nothing. Yeah. I didn't see really anything. I he. By the way, when he got hurt, it was an interception. He came up with an interception right. on the play. Right. And and then went down. It was hard to see. My, but yes. my, Rick, my from what I understand, he just stood up and his knee kind of wobbled and just went out. Was. Yeah wasn't like any bumping into anybody caused it, from what I can understand. I specifically saw the Dennis Pitta injury because yeah. we had our camera guys out there. Didn't touch anybody. Yeah, wasn't touched by anybody. Just stretched his arm out and goes down with a hip. Yeah. I mean, like, what are you going to do? It, it, it's not like their, their contact is forcing this stuff. They can't touch each other right now. Yeah, I know. Hardly. I, I know, it is. And, and at some point, you know, the – the reaction to improving player safety in the NFL, a lot of times that people suggest is like just don't just don't play or don't practice or whatever. And it's the game, and, and you can't go to that, you can't go to that point. You know what? We've seen too many injuries in the regular season. Let's just skip ahead to the I postseason. Know. We'll just name the teams that make it, and we'll play the postseason. Right. It's the same thing in the preseason. <laughs> you have the question every year in the preseason when someone gets hurt in the preseason. Right. That's what that's what we said. Right. Like okay, so do you uh, get rid of the fourth preseason game? So, like, rosters are going to be bigger now, right? They're going to have 90-man rosters all the way up until the fourth preseason game. So that's going to enable coaches just to play the backups in the fourth preseason game instead of having to really put any starters out there. Okay, so why are we really playing the fourth preseason game? Mm -hmm. Let's just chop it off. Let's play three. Okay, so then our coaches just going to play the backups in the third preseason game? You're not going to play your starters because you don't want to risk them getting hurt for the regular season? Right. Well, then do you chop two games? None. Yeah, like, and, where do you draw the line? You got to play. Yeah, I know, and, and you need to play. You need to get these guys reps. But it does. It just it. I would be lying if I said that I didn't think. Why are you? Why is Dennis Pitt even out there? You know, when you hear that he goes down, it's like, don't even put him out there. But this could have happened if he was out there just having catch with having a catch with Joe. It realistically right. could have. So like, Seriously. I know that's like the gut reaction, and I have it too. When you hear of this, you're like, just don't even put him out there. Don't just wait until the regular season. But. Guys have to practice. You have to be in the system. That's how you build familiarity. That's how you build confidence as a group. And you just have to play. You have to practice. That's what the, that's what you do. That's yeah. that's what football players do. They play football. Yeah. And injuries, serious ones, minor ones, they're all part of the game, unfortunately. Yep. So. So with that said, uh, let's move on to our interview with Jamil McLean. And well, it's not really our interview. It's not our. Interview. <laughs> it's your interview because unfortunately. I am working from home on Tuesday because my kid's babysitter is on vacation. There you go. So you're not in the office. So <laughs> I'm on daddy duty, work from home day, which is going to be nearly. I'm telling you, any listener out there that has like a one-year-old will feel me on this. Working with a kid at home is hard. 
So are you basically just kind of laying the foundation that you're going to get nothing accomplished on Tuesday? Because that's what yes. it sounds like. Yes. Nice. You're going to have to cover me. That's remember, a, remember when I was here and Dennis Pitta got hurt? Right. right. That, <laughs> reasons are like that are why we don't have podcasts every single week, guys. <laughs> um, but just as, as a uh, precursor, Jamil, obviously you remember him from his playing days here in Baltimore, was a great inside linebacker, ended up getting a big contract with the New York Giants. You're wondering, what's he doing? Well, he's back. He works now in our player development program, so he works a lot with these rookies, with Harry Swain, who's been here for several years. So, uh, Jamil, I can't think of many guys better than Jamil to give young players perspective about what it takes to make it in the NFL and survive and have a great career here. So, uh, he's passing that knowledge along to our rookies, and here is the interview with Jamil McLean. Jamil, thanks for doing this. So uh, how does it feel now? You are now on the team side Again, obviously you know the Ravens well, but now you are a suit. I like to call you a suit these days. You're no longer a player. You're on our side of the building. <laughs> <laughs> a suit. You know what, man? It's great, man. It's like, like I said, like I mentioned before, man, it's like being back home. You know, I, I love the Ravens. I've always always loved the organization, you know what I mean, and, and giving me the opportunity to be where I'm at now and helping me evolve as a man, you know. So it's, a, it's just a great chance for me to get back involved and really – be a part of the success of the organization. So we laid it out. You're working with Harry Swain in player development. Can you sort of explain what it is that you're doing? What is your role? The best way to explain it, man, is just helping people, helping players transition into the league and helping players transition out and everything in between. And we know football, it, it, it's, a, it's an intense sport, man. And, and it's a lot that comes at you very fast out of nowhere. And from me, haven't experienced it myself, you know, I know a little bit about it, but really just helping helping players. Right, so obviously one of the big things that you're working on right now is the rookies get into the building, and it's all new for them. You know, they show up here, and, and it's the same every year. These guys walk in, they're wide-eyed, and it's uh, yes, sir, no, ma'am, you know, to everybody. And, and at the same time, they have money now in their bank accounts that uh, a lot of them have never seen that kind of cash coming in. Um, what is – how do you try to get them acclimated to to life as a professional athlete? We educate them. You know, we we give them all of the information that we can. We give them all of the tools that the NFL provides, and we see who grabs it. We see how many people we can get to grab it. You know, so information is going to be the best thing for anyone in life. But we need to make sure we we overwhelm our rookies with a lot of information, so something clicks on, so they know how to create a budget. They know how much they need to spend. They know what they need to save for the offseason because one of the most important things are you get these checks, but then when the offseason comes, you get no checks. So you got to make sure that you're living in a way where you can sustain the income. Right. So it's always funny, Jabil. Every time I feel like I meet a new class of rookies, it makes me feel older. You know, you see these guys' birthdays, and, and all of a sudden you just feel older. Do you get the sense when you're talking to these guys – do they remember watching you play for the Ravens, or do you say, man, I feel old right now because these guys don't even remember watching me play? <laughs> and it hasn't been that long. It hasn't been that long at all, but a, a lot of, most of the guys, most of the guys remember, or, they, or they've seen something about me uh, in, a, in a brief period, in a soon period coming up, but that's not, you know, that's not really a big deal. I don't really worry about all of that. <laughs> Once you're in the NFL for one year, you old. I can only imagine how old you feel because you old. <laughs> I got a young heart. I got a young heart, Jamil. <laughs> yes, you do. <did. laughs> 
So with, with all of these guys, you know, when they come in, we spend so much time talking about, you know, the first round pick, the second round pick, but you're working with a group of rookies and we had the privilege of working with a group to do a presentation on social media to explain some do's and don'ts of social media. And when you walk into the room and there's, there's, there's 20 some guys or whatever the number is in that room because there's so many players that are undrafted who are trying to make the team and nobody really talks about them, particularly at this time of the year. But you were, you were one of those guys. You were somebody that came in as an undrafted player and made the team. And so do you get the sense that you know some of these guys are looking to you as saying, okay, here's somebody that, that made it and had a long, successful career in the NFL, and one day he was sitting in my shoes as an undrafted guy just trying to make the roster? Absolutely, man. It's something that comes across, and it's not, it's not really just the undrafted guys that, that really flock to it. It's all of the players, and I think that's one of the best things about about the players that we have is everybody's looking for the information. Everybody's looking for that next tip to take advantage of a great opportunity. And that's that's what, you know, the front office does an amazing job of bringing in great guys, like guys that want to work, guys that want to be better, you know, and you can see it day in and day out. Everybody, whether they're looking for a tip from Harry or they're looking for a tip from me or they're looking for a tip from a veteran on the team, you know, it's just guys that want information. And with that, that formula alone allows you a good opportunity, a good chance to win or be successful in general. Do you get the sense that that rookies have changed drastically coming into the league now compared to when you entered the league? Man, I think the game changes every 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 year. I think everything about it changes. Nothing ever stays the same, but I would definitely say that these guys were more – they're more on top of it than my rookie class. You know, like, they're more locked in on football. Like, they know how to take care of their body. You know, they know what's necessary to win. A good bit of, of the guys have family members that have played in the NFL or have played sports. So they have that knowledge automatically. You know, so a lot of these, a lot of the players that, that are coming out now are more aware. And I can, I can attest to that even to when I was on the Giants. And I was just like, okay, like, you get it. You know what I mean? Like to have a guy come in when I was up there, like an Odell Beckham who was aware of his body or knew what was necessary to get better on his first year. That's important because it usually takes you about until year, until your second year, second second year in the league where you start to understand your body or how to work and what you need to do or what you don't need to do. Like now players understand those things. They, they're more knowledgeable about how to handle money and things like that. So it's really good. Right, right. You know, you you have an interesting perspective because obviously you played and you played recently and you, you know, you're sort of a mentor to the younger players, but at the same time you have guys that were your peers, a Terrell Suggs, Joe Flacco, Jimmy Smith. There's not too many guys, you know, the team obviously has changed a lot in the last few years, but there are players that that you played with here. How was your relationship changed or evolved with them or is it the same as it was when you were a player? Yeah, my relationship is the same as as it always been with all of the guys. You know, I'm I'm fortunate that, you know, Ozzy and, and Harry have allowed me to be in this position where it's something that I do naturally. I can be myself. I don't have to be anything else. Just be myself and help people get better. You know, that's my only goal, you know. So nothing ever changed with the guys because it, it's not like I'm a different person. But like, I'm just being myself, doing the same thing as if I was playing, I would be doing trying to give people information, trying to help them become better, better football players and better men at the same time. So that never changes. And I always had a really good relationship with everyone. 
Do you get the itch at all when you're out there watching practice, or do you say, you know what, I like it more on this side. I don't have to get hit when I'm standing on the sidelines. This is kind of nice over here. Not at all, man. The way this neck is situated, I don't want no problem. I'll let them do all of the banging, man. They the, they the Warriors, man. I'm Like you say, I'm just a two now. Right. I feel that way too. You know, you're standing there, you say, okay, it's, I'm hot right now, but I can't imagine being out there and practicing all those pads hitting. So it's kind of nice from our, from where we stand. So you're also, Jamil, you're still, you still have your gym, right? I mean, that's still something that you're working on as well. Still have the gym, you know, retro fitness in Catonsville, still doing NFK sports, creating, uh, creating after school sports in elementary and middle schools in Baltimore City. Still moving around, man. I, I'm just trying to do everything. The way the way I can show everybody it's possible is about touching it all. When do you sleep, man? Never. <laughs> and I don't get tired, so it don't matter. That's great. Hey, Jamil, well, we're glad to have you back in the building, and uh, I look forward to working with you more this year and you know, for many years to come, man. So congrats on the new gig, and we're glad to have you back. Always appreciate you, man. Uh, Look forward to see you in the office, brother. All right, man. We got to give Ryan a hard time for dipping out today. You know, at least some of us are still around here to work, but Mink is nowhere to be found. So some of us, some of us got to work. Right, exactly. Someone's got to do the work to keep the lights on around here. So, hey, man, good to catch up, and uh, we'll talk against him. All right, man. All right. So thanks again to Jamil, and we will be back next week with another episode of the Lounge. Two weeks in a row. I know last week we didn't have him, but we'll be back next week with safety Tony Jefferson. He's getting adjusted to life here in Baltimore, so. We're going to catch up with him and see what he thinks of his new team. So if you have questions, comments, you want to email us, you can do that at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. And also we encourage you to leave a review. Let us know what you think of the show on iTunes. So go ahead and get that done as well. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will talk to you again next week. <laughs>